Welcome to The Freestyle Approach with Tracy Kafer. I'm just going to drink some coffee. I don't know if you know this, and I, I tell I always tell people they have like little isms about them. <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> Give it to me. Give it to me. What are my isms? You, you, um, you, a lot. Do I? Yeah. <laughs> it might be because, I mean, like in general or just today? I don't know. I, you've done it a lot on this. So I'm just, I'm just saying, I, I always go back and like, listen to myself and I'm like, fuck, I, I said, um, too much or fuck. I oh, like yeah. pursed my yeah. lips too much. I'm just, you know, cause some, yeah. cause sometimes I will be like, Elijah, I like have it written on my board. Like, don't say, um, <laughs> in front of me. I feel like recording a podcast and, and doing this basically forces you to hear yourself, yeah. hear how you appear in the world. And so I'm trying to be conscious of all the things I do, but that wasn't what I'm not conscious of. So thank you. <laughs> I think it's because I'm drinking a super bitter coffee, but I don't know. Oh, probably. Probably. <laughs> okay. What, what, what? I may keep this in here because this is interesting. <laughs> Okay. Well, hello there. My name is Tracy with the Freestyle Approach. And today I'm really, really excited that I have Delijah Franklin of Black Girls Poll joining me today to talk about pretty much a lot of things in her life. But we are going to keep circling back to her amazing company, Black Girls Poll. So welcome, Delijah. Thanks for joining me. Hello, Tracy Kafer. What's up? How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, I've been talking to Delijah about doing this podcast for a while, and uh, we were having trouble finding time where we're both available. So I think I think there's something in the air this summer. It's a busy time, um, but I really appreciate you giving me a few minutes to chat about your life, your creativity, your entrepreneurship. Yes, You're awesome. it has been like a crazy summer. I feel like just everybody has been so in their in their thing, which is really really great. But people are like booked and busy like and it's amazing <laughs> and I support it fully so yeah it's been a hell of a summer yeah it's it's weird to hear you say booked and busy because I just came off of a, a vacation where I was not working at all for two weeks which was incredible you need um, that I had that earlier and it was I didn't pack pole shorts I didn't pack dry hands it was like the best time of my life because my hands got soft my body wasn't hurting I didn't have to think about teaching. I just laid. <laughs> so I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Packing for trips that don't require any work is, is a weird, it's a weird thing. It is. It is. So we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff, but I want to give everyone time to um, hear about your background. And I think we'll just dig right in. Before you start, uh, I just want to say personal anecdote. I've known Delijah for many, many, many years now. I'm trying to remember if it was 2012 or 2013. Do you remember? Tracy, it was like 2011. Okay. <laughs> okay. Maybe so even 2010. Wow. It was at Polesque. So it had to have been because I, I moved to New York City 07, started pole dancing 08, did that first pull? No, it was like maybe oh nine. Yeah. Whoa. The pull that's that Stanic one. Yes. Yes. I was there as an audience member. Did you compete in that one? I think I did. 
Yes, I did because I did two Polesque. And then the next one you got for, you've won. No, I did. Um, I did three, three after Michelle Stanix. The first one was like my first time performing. I was terrified. Second one, I got in the final four, but kind of tanked at the battle. <laughs> and then the third one, I was a little hungrier for it. And I actually won. Yeah. yeah. I was in the third one with you when you had the people waiting on the train. Yes. Yes. yes I was in that one. So. Okay. So we've known each other since, ba- since Polesque days. Yes. Brooklyn, Dumbo. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about your getting into pole dancing, um, taking us to that time, maybe a couple years before? Yeah, sure. So I actually grew up in Ohio, a Midwest kid, was a dancer my entire life, gymnastics, cheerleading. I was like that kid that was in all of the things. I was the token black girl in an all white school <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, went to the Ohio State University. Yes, the OH. And, um, after that I wanted to move, I actually wanted to move to California to be a commercial dancer. And my mom was like, uh, no, go to school and get a degree. So after school, i kind of fell in love with New York city because I had a lot of friends that, um, went to Ohio state that were from New York. So I would go back and forth with them. And I was like, I think this is where I want to go. So moved to New York city, 2007, was dance queen. I did work study at Broadway Dance Center. I cleaned the toilets at Broadway Dance Center. I interned with every choreographer that I could just to like get in. I was auditioning, just doing the whole like starving artist dancer thing. And um, I joined a company called uh, Motivating Excellence with Rhapsody James, who is a well-known choreographer. And I, one of my friends at that time was like, we should try pole dancing. I was like, I don't think I want to do pole dancing. I, I don't get it. And <laughs> it just wasn't, I wasn't really interested, but she kind of was like, let's just try it. Let's see what happens. So we did it. And it was literally love at first spin. It sounds so cheesy, but the, the <laughs> moment I did it, I was like, this is like the heavens opened up. The skies opened up and God was like, yes. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so... That was at Crunch when the instructors were probably about six months more advanced than we were. And we were all just kind of learning together. So I just found this community of pole dancers. Funny story, my friend that got me into it, she quit literally, I want to say, two months after. Um, <laughs> but but I kept going and then did Polesque that first year. It was a total hot mess because, you know, you know, like a dip turn and like a backspin. And <laughs> but I was so hungry for it. And then I found out about body and pole. Um, and then I was just kind of taking classes here and there when I could. And yeah, the rest is history. I became a work study at Body and Pole in 2012. Did work study program there in New York City, Body and Pole. I don't know. I don't know how often you talk about it, but mecca of pole dancing, I guess you want to say, house of champions, whatever. <laughs> and, and yeah, it's been a road ever since that. So pole dancing has literally consumed my life since 2000 and nine. Wow. I think we have a similar timeline. I think I started maybe six months before you also did crunch. Yes. The, the chaos of crunch, classic uh-huh. crunch, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's amazing. So thank you for sharing that. And then I wanted to ask you a little bit about your opinion on that. Um, the thing you mentioned with your family telling you to get a degree. Oh yeah. Um, you grew up dancing, right? Yes. 
What do you think about that? I'm just going to go ahead and write in, write and ask this question. What do you think about that? That when you grow up and there's no problem investing all your time in this quote unquote hobby, artistic pursuit, and then the second you become that quote unquote adult, it's not an appropriate pursuit anymore. Do you have thoughts about that? I do. I, I think it's it's tricky because my my parents it, it took them a while to you know my mom would make the snide comments and the jokes that really are hurtful but you're you just kind of laugh it off of like oh I paid sixty thousand dollars for you to get a degree for you to swing on poles you didn't need a degree for that you know so there was a lot of like okay mom let's like let's have a moment let's let's sit it down let's kumbaya it out you know this is what i love my passion is dance and it took a while for my parents to understand that just because it was pole that didn't mean that the passion still wasn't there um the degree i think it's that that american dream of like you grow up you go to school you get a degree and then you go and work but there's no there's Mm. there's like no space for there to be like, oh, but I actually want to go left and I actually want to be a dancer and I, I actually want to pursue this as an artist. And I think it sometimes gets annoying to me sometimes because the the role of like that starving artist, I feel like as artists, we need to stop calling ourselves that because we don't have to starve. You know, there, there are ways to, to go about it without being like the, the quote, starving artist. And it's like, stop giving our, ourselves that, that title because we're so much more than, than that, you know? Yeah, 100%. And I think what's cool about this day and age is, you know, with, with so much entrepreneurship popping up, um, you can actually redefine what being a dancer is and what that looks like in terms of money. Absolutely. Um, as well. And so you've, you've found like a whole nother arena you probably couldn't have even conceived of, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, something like that. And then here you are, professional dancer, but doing it on your own terms, in your own way. Yeah. So talk to me about you. You, uh, you started at Crunch. You fell in love. I had the similar story. It was like, take all my money, teach me all the things. Um, <laughs> and you're building your repertoire. You start work studying. And then what's that moment before, you know, I know it because I feel like I remember when you came up to me and you're like, I have this idea. Um, and you were starting to kind of lay the foundations down. Um, the spark has happened, but tell us about it. Tell us a little bit about your, your experience getting inspired to do it, to start Black Girls Poll and how did it start? Yeah, absolutely. So it, it came, it was, it was kind of birthed from, I think it was birthed from, even me being a, a child and and always being the only black girl at my dance studio, the only black girl at cheerleading, the only black girl at tennis, like everywhere I went, I was the, the token black girl. So it was something that I had noticed, you know, years ahead of time. But when I finally got into pole, um, it was like, oh my God, I actually can do something about this because the community is still so small and no one has done this before. So it, it came from um, really just being at competitions and not seeing representation. And I remember one day just saying to myself, like, where are all the black girls? I literally said, where are all the black pole dancers? <laughs> yes. And, you know, besides pole dancers like Phoenix Kesri and Skittles and, um, you know, a few others, there was not really a lot. So I said, there has to be something that can be done. And I'm, I'm yes, I'm trying to find them and, and celebrate them. So I, I think it was 
it might've been like you or somebody that was like, Oh, do you know Crystal Belcher? And I'm like, who, like, who are these people? So once, once I found that there were more, it was like, okay, let's have an event. And I ran it by uh, the studio owners of body and pole. And I was like, I think I want to have this event. I think I want to call it black girls pole and it'll just be free class or not free. It was like classes that were like $10 and then a show at the end of the day. And the show was like 20 bucks. And I was kind of just seeing what could happen with it. And it sold out in, in days. And I remember making the Instagram page for it. And I remember like screaming like leaps and bounds of joy when I hit a hundred followers on black girls poll. But the other thing that I remember was I had a hard time finding black pole dancers on Instagram. Um, cause you know, the Instagram started like five and a half years ago and it was like, I, I think I reposted like the same people like five times, like Prana, <laughs> Phoenix, uh, Crystal and you know, like Nicole, the pole. And, uh, so once the, the show and the event happened, it was like, okay, you, you really have something here that you can go with. And people started asking me, okay, well, when's the next event? And I, was kind of just like, there is no next event. I just wanted this this to be a one day celebration of like African-American pole dancers and cool. That's it. And like life is really funny that in that way, because it's like, nope, sweetie, this is not it. So tell us a little bit. uh, First of all, it's amazing. And just like sitting here from my vantage point, See, remembering that event, being there, that event, seeing the energy of that event, and then seeing what's globally happening um, because of the efforts that you have um, <laughs> done is it's it's just insane. <laughs> um, so I want you to tell me about the nudges, the things that happened after. So you you knew you wanted to build community, you, whether that was the micro or the macro scale, you knew you, you needed it mm-hmm. and you, you wanted to, to create it in your life. Where were the nudges where like the universe or your peers or like your own thought process started nudging you like, oh, this actually needs to be more and more than this single night? Mm-hmm. Um how do, can you tell us a little bit about uh, like I enjoy the the dialogue about the synchronicities, the things that are giving you direction yeah. or um, yeah yeah. So I um, I I've I've, to- I've shared this story a few times like on my podcast and just in general and stuff. And um, I read this book called The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. He's the the author of the Chicken Noodle Soup for the Soul books. Someone told me to get this book. And I swear to God, that book like really changed kind of how I looked at life and how I took in things. Because one of the things was to just write a list of like a hundred things that you want to accomplish. And then for 30 days, you say those things out loud and you, you put yourself in that space. And one of the things that I had done, one of the things that I written down was I want to inspire black women to get into fitness. I had no idea like what that would look like. And then the other one was I want to have retreats for women of color um, based around fitness and like um, spiritual and mental growth. So after the, the put a pin in that. So after the, um, the New York city event, I think I left and I was touring and living in Switzerland and, and stuff like that. And then I spoke to Joe, uh, at vertical Joe's down in Atlanta. And I was like, let's do it in Atlanta. So we had a black girls poll in Atlanta and my wheels are still spinning. And of course the show was amazing. It sold out. 
Um, the classes sold out and it started to really just grow. And people were messaging me kind of from all over the United States, like, oh my God, bring Black Girls Poll here. Oh my God, you should do this. Oh my God, Black Girls Poll, Black Girls Poll. And it, it was starting to get bigger than I had the image for. You know, like your dreams, sometimes yeah. they get bigger than than you because you, you let them take wings and then they just continue to grow. So I said, I was like, oh, what if I have like a poll retreat? And then it's so funny that looking back now, the book that I had read and the the way that I wrote down those goals and things, that was like four years before I'd even thought of Black Girls Poll. So it's just funny that sometimes the things that you you want to do, the universe or God, it makes space for it and it it happens, you know, because you, you really believe that and you will it. So, so then came the Miami retreats, black girls, pull Miami retreats, um, crystal Belcher, Roz, the diva, who else was an instructor? I can't even remember. And those sold out and it, it just kept happening. And I was like, Oh, this is like really a thing. Like women of color are really down to do this and it's a community and it's building so much more than just pole. It's building sisterhood. It's building representation. It's building like, Oh, you look like me so I can relate to you um, in ways that I can't relate to anybody else. So it was just really beautiful to kind of watch it unfold and kind of watch it just grow into this, this magnitude of this movement that I, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's about, yeah. You know what I love so much about that is I've seen so many other women take ownership of Black Girls Pull with you. And it's almost like it's being held up by, you know, as you said, that the fact that the size has grown so much beyond what you had originally conceived. And like, you can see it, you can feel it. It's really, really cool. <laughs> and I'm, um, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes in the next couple of years. I know that you have a lot of stuff in place. Do you want to talk at all about what's coming up or is it it something that you're interested on? Absolutely. So I'm, I'm, well, next year, well, I'm actually leaving tomorrow. So funny, um, to go to London for the black girls poll London retreat. And so that, that was the other cool thing is, you know, people now, especially with people of color are really getting the whole, like, travel thing. And it's like, we can go abroad, you know, and it's like, get the passport, get the thing. So I'm, I'm going with the millennials of being like, uh, we can travel and we can do this, but I'm just adding pole dancing to it because, you know, there's nothing like going to another country. You're excited about that, but then there's nothing like going to another country to do something that you really like to do and know that you're going to meet other people there. Um, and I think that by doing that, it gives people safety and it gives people like reassurance that they know that, there's going to be others with them. So it's cool to see the the traveling aspect of it as well as like the pole side of it. So I'm just getting people to explore new countries and go to different places. Um, so this year we had, five, let me think, we had four retreats this year. So two retreats in Bermuda um, and then a beginner's retreat in Miami. And then this next one is the last retreat of the year in London. And for next year, I have five retreats happening so I just keep adding a retreat every year, it seems. Uh, so nice. we'll, yeah, so we've been doing um, Grand Cayman Islands, Sao Paulo, Brazil, uh, Bermuda, and then New York. So it's two in Bermuda. So it's technically five retreats. And then the That's beginner's amazing. retreat will be in New York City. And I, I think it's cool because it's finally, you know, the way that it grows is that it continues to get more beginners. So I was like, how do I get more people to know about Black Girls Pole? Have a beginner's retreat 
literally people that have never touched the pole before. So the retreat in Miami, uh, there was a girl that came all the way from Cameroon, as in the, in the country in Africa, came from Cameroon. We were sitting there the first day. She was so excited. And I'm asking everybody, like, how long they've been polling. And, you know, she's like, oh, this is my first time pole dancing. I, I, like, I almost started crying because she touched the pole. And she goes, this is the first time I've ever touched the pole. And I was like, Ugh. you came here from Cameroon for for this, which just shows me that, you know, it's growing. And it's, it's crazy how much it is just it still blows my mind. And I've, I've had to like stop letting it blow my mind and just be like, Delijah, this movement is so much bigger than you because it touches so many lives, you know, like remove yourself from it and just let it continue to do what it's doing. Um, and she had so many amazing breakthroughs, the, uh, the girl that came. So it, it was just cool. So next year, more retreats, uh, want to do an online, um, online membership kind of thing, just because I want to be able to have access to more people. There's, there are a girl wrote me in South Africa and she was like, Oh my gosh, like, can you come here? And I was like, Oh my gosh, that that's a lot to come, but I can try to do something so that we can figure this out, you know? So having an, a membership that's not just about like pole tutorials, but really about, you know, hair care and, and having to use different lotions because black, like black women need to lo- use lotion, you know, but what can you do? So it's like tips and tricks of four women of color that want to pull and do aerial and stuff like that. So that's my next big thing that I will be super excited about. And then down the line, probably in about, uh, I don't want to put a date on it. Cause like, uh, <laughs> but I do want to, st- <laughs> I do want to have a nonprofit, Oh, it's so, lo- it's like a lot to even just say that like out loud yeah. because yeah, you, I totally get it, you know, but do it anyway. Yeah. It anyway. I want to have a nonprofit geared towards younger girls and not necessarily for pole dancing, but just for movement. Because if, if I had something when I was younger and I saw more women that looked like me, I, I mean, my path has been amazing. My life has been great, but I don't know would it, would it have shifted? You know, it took me until I got into pole dancing to feel confident about my body and to feel confident about who I was confident about my, my skin confident, you know, about a lot of things. It took me until like 2009 is when I started pole dancing. So, you know, I I was like about 23, 24 years old. But if, if someone had showed me those things, like when I was like five, God knows where I could be, you know, had I had representation at that age. So I do believe that, I want to have some kind of movement-based nonprofit for young girls of color. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And it, it seems, it seems like, you know, as the movement is growing, so is, so is the access to different modalities. And you've talked to me about fitness before and, um, pole becoming, you know, an, an aspect to it. Do you think that black girls pole is going to expand beyond pole dancing? Um, and what, what would that do for you? Is that something that you're interested in? I know that you already tapped into that by talking about the nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, because it's, it is called black girls pull, but it, it, it's so big, it, especially in its potential as well, even though it's grown so much in the last, how long has it been? Five years. Yes. 
Yeah. So <laughs> I feel like at some point there's going to have to be um, umbrellas of it, you yeah. know, like under the umbrella of Black Girls Poll, there is this. Wait, I, f- I totally forgot this moment. Guys, the logo of Black Girls Poll was by Tracy. <laughs> the best logo ever was Tracy did it. I, I like, to, I just looked at it cause it's like on my like little board. And like, I, I, I remember sitting on our, your couch when you lived in Brooklyn and just being like, I want it to be this. Sorry. This is totally like off topic. No, I love it. Sure. No, go for it. <laughs> but it, it, it just, we were so in sync of, of making that logo. And I don't know if people know the logo is actually me. And you just did it so much justice of how you did it. And it's, I will, I don't think I'll ever change that logo. It is like McDonald's. I'm never changing that logo. (laughs) (laughs) It is a solid logo. It's one of my favorite. And I actually find logo design very difficult. And we did that. I mean, it was, it was shocking how quickly that was up. Um, it was easy almost. It was perfect. It was perfect. And then I came back to you five years later and was like, Tracy, I'm doing a podcast and I want you to create the logo for it. And it, you just did. So like, shout out to you for your artistic eye and your graphic design eye, because I can barely turn on a computer. <laughs> let alone make a logo. So I just want to, I just wanted to shout you out for that real quick. Drop that gym. That's sweet. Yeah. Um, so BGP, how is it? Um, how is it playful for you? Cause I know there's, a, there's, there's a lot of work involved. There's a lot of aspirational energy involved. There's a lot of um, strategy. What's the play for you? Oh, oh, the, you know, the play is, is as the actual retreats. I do all of the work, you know, all year long, uh, planning for the retreats and getting there. The play is when people like show up and you're like, oh my God, people, people believe in this. You know, the play is when, when people, like are yelling black girls pull from the top of their lungs at pole convention and they're wearing the logo. Um, that's the, I think that's, I don't even know if that's play, but that's what like really fills my soul. Um, you know, the play is also like when we're in Bermuda and we're like on a yacht (laughs) 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 and it's like, is this really, is this really my life? You know, um, and last year or no, two years ago, I was like in a, a really dark kind of place. I, I was kind of depressed. No, I was depressed. Um, and I was finishing up grad school and I remember just trying to say to myself over and over, like, Elijah, no one is going to do this life for you. You just have to create the life that you want to live. And I've, I've stuck to that of like creating the life that I want to live surrounding myself around people that, that bring like positivity and bring good effort and bring good, I hate the word energy, but bring good energy into your space, (laughs) you know? And, and then it was like, you love to travel, create that life. You want to see the world, create the life that you want to live. How can you do that? You have a brand that people stand behind and are willing to travel with you. So, and so every time I announce a retreat, it's, it's very, 
fucking scary because I'm like, shit, people might not come. Like I might be being like, Oh my God, we're going to, we're going to Egypt. And then my ass will be in Egypt by myself, you know? Like, (laughs) (laughs) so there is like scary parts that it's just like, it's a risk, but it's a fun risk that I get to take, you know? And it's, it, it is a little playful for me in that sense. So I think the Mm. play is in the, it's rewarding to see people, um, come and show up. Yeah. 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 I I feel you on the risk thing. Um, And there is something very exciting about that because what, I don't know about you, but what I found in entrepreneurship is first of all, we're out, you know, you're out here um, reducing the time it took you to get where you're going in other people. So, you know, you were talking about it's taken, it took you so long to, to reach where you are now. And now that that is something that you can pass on to others. It's amazing what they will be able to accomplish, especially if you're reaching them young mm-hmm. too, what you're talking about. Um, just making that process that might've been something you had to work through slowly quicker for other people. And the other thing I've noticed about entrepreneurship is there's such a mirror between our own self-development and then what we're creating for other people. Yes. Um, and do you think that the personal value system that you kind of live by is just infused in the business somehow? Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, even the, the, you know, the, the, the tagline for black girls poll is courageous, sexy, strong. So it's like, if you, you, you have to walk in that, I, I think, and, I've had to get out of my way because there are several days I don't feel courageous, sexy, or strong. There are so many days that, you know, being an entrepreneur that you just have those really down, down days of like, what am I doing? (laughs) Why does this, this doesn't matter. Um, You know, I, I go, I go through those sometimes. And then when, when I do, it's like, God reminds me, you know, I'll get a letter from someone that's like, oh my God, I listened to your podcast about wrist injuries for pole dancing and like, thank you so much. And it's just like, oh, okay. You know, but you like, it's, it's weird because I think, you know, your purpose in, in life and you know, the thing that you're, you know, you're on your right path, right, Tracy? Like, you know, what you're doing is the path that you're supposed to be on. Cause it just feels right. Um, yeah. But there are days sometimes that you have to remind yourself that this path isn't always going to be an easy path. Um, you know, there's days that I've been like, oh, my God, if I if I go get an iced coffee, I'm going to go negative in my account. <laughs> you know, And I've had those days of just like, OK, make the decision and, and decide how, you know, as an entrepreneur, there's so many ups and downs of it. But really just remembering your your purpose in it, I think, is the is the, is the hardest part. Yeah. 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 And you know, the, the business stuff in this kind of, I almost think of this kind of entrepreneurial pursuit as kind of an intuitive process. Um, I, I know that you have a lot of, you, you do things a little bit more with more structure than let's say I do, for example. <laughs> um, we have good talks. <laughs> yeah. I, I do have to say, I just want to acknowledge you. Like, I feel like I don't know about you, but for me, we've been, we've been on so many similar seasons in our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and I, I, I feel like I get inspiration from you when I need it the most, like, well, I'll, I'll end up seeing you or I'm having a chat. And, um, I wanted to go into that obsessive life giver, um, <laughs> thing that we were talking about pre-recording. And I, I feel that from you, like there's certain parts of my life. I think I help catalyze for others, but there is, there is an aspect to you that when, when you're around you, you have, I, I could get incredibly woo woo right now. I won't use the word energy, but you have such an active solar plexus. It, it's like you have so much drive, confident sense of self. Um, it's impossible not to feel a little of that for yourself when you're around you. Oh, wow. Um, and so I've, I've always really loved that about you. And even to the point where, you know, it's, there's a, there's harmony in it because at the same time, just like we did pre-recording, you'll say like, Tracy, you know, something that you do, that's kind of a bad habit. Um, so I, and I, I love, I love that about you, how you toe the line, what you bridge for other people. So talk to me about <laughs> this obsessive life giving, this fact that not only what you're doing practically for yourself, practically in the world, practically with Backworld's Pole, but what the mm, the runoff stuff that's going on at the same time because you are just living your damn life. Oh. Meaning what is happening for other people because of all this juice that you're making. Oh, God. Um, yeah. So talk to me about Talk to me about, I mean, you told me that you've been, you know, coined obsessive life. Yes. It's it's, so thank you for saying all that. That was like, my eyeballs, my eyeballs were like huge when you were saying that. I was like, oh my God, really? Like, wow. So thank, thank you for, for saying that. Um, I, so it started, (laughs) my boyfriend started calling me obsessive life giver. And at first I was like, what? Like, this is weird. He's like, no, you just like, when you like go, you like go. And I was like, how so, you know? And he's like, you just like, we'll start and you just become obsessive of life, of giving people life. And I, and I, at first I was kind of like weirded out, but then I really was like, you know what? You're, you're kind of right. I, I love, I love being able to just help someone plant a seed or plant a seed for someone um, to see their potential. Oh, hello. Hi. <laughs> um, um, to, to see their potential because I, I feel like so many people are, are sleeping on themselves and so many people are like sitting on the untapped resources that they have within themselves because everything that a person has is already within you, you know? So it's just a matter of like, can it be pulled out? Can I help you pull this out? Can we plant this seed? Because I think that you have something that that no one else has in this world and like you can share it with somebody, you know? Um, so he, he started calling me obsessive life giver and I, I appreciate him so much for that because I'll be like, Oh babe, I was obsessive life giving the other day. And, uh, this person just was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And I'm like, yes. So I get super excited <laughs> about like the little things of just being able to, to have someone, you know, tap into what the universe has given them already. Um, and just be- and believing that. And it, it didn't come easy for me. Honestly, like my, my church is like a huge, I'm a huge product of that because my, my church, you know, he says things like my pastor says things like speaking things into the atmosphere because 
there's room for you and, and making space so that the universe can hear what you say and that you, your words have power to them. Um, so declare the things that you want into the world, because if you don't declare it, there's no way that it's going to be heard, you know? And I, 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 to, yeah. to get kind of like into all of this stuff, but I do believe like the vibrations of your voice, they carry. So, you know, whether it be negativity or positivity, especially living in the, like this, the time that we're in right now, your words have, have so much power to them, um, whether you know it or not. So if you can really just start to say things positive to yourself, God knows what kind of impact that, that can have on the world. You know, I started saying things like, I, I like... I like how I dance. I think I'm a sexy dancer. I think I'm a this dancer. I think I'm strong. I think I'm courageous. I think I'm sexy. I think I'm strong. And just from me walking in that and finding that and going down that road has, has helped so many other dancers and, and women and, you know, just feel okay being in their own skin. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I um I agree wholeheartedly, and especially like that you mentioned about the tone of voice and and what you actually project, mm-hmm. you know, underneath the words that you're saying, um, it all matters, and it's okay to have those days where you're like, what is happening? What is this all about? What am I actually yes. doing? Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm the worst. Yeah, I'm the worst. Like you know, and I, and then I finally had to allow it to happen because there's days that I just will lay in bed and just watch Netflix. And I'm like, Delijah, you are being such a waste of space. And then sometimes I have to backtrack and be like, no, actually you probably just need to rest. (laughs) Um, and that's where that self care comes in. It's like, you you can do, you, you can do a day of Netflix. It's, it's going to be okay. And this may, this might be your self care. It's going to be fine. Delijah, if you do this, it's going to be fine if you, you know, sub out your class because you actually just need a moment for yourself. Because, um, I think, uh, being a, being a, uh, I don't want to sound, uh, I'm trying, I don't know. I'm just going to go ahead and say it, whatever. But okay. being a creative, <laughs> it's a lot of energy. <laughs> She said it. (laughs) Yes. Especially if you are coining yourself an obsessive life giver. It's a lot. There is a point when those scales tip. And then that very thing that is your gift can become something that's can be almost self-destructive. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a a lot to to constantly. So how do you take care of yourself? How do you take care of yourself when you're holding space for other people, which is something that you're doing? Um, just by existing as you and sharing your message, um, and being authentic about that, which you're so authentic about that. How do you take care of yourself? Do you get away from people for a couple of days? Um, yes. What else besides the Netflix? Yes. So I'm an only child and I can be by myself probably for like seven days and totally be fine. Um, (laughs) like totally, but I'm also a huge social butterfly and, Sometimes I get fuel from I get I get fuel from teaching and I get fuel from from giving to other people. So in the same sense of me having to be by myself, I also have to be around people because I, I do pull from that and it does fill my it does fill my spirit. So you know, yeah. but I, I love a good bath. 
I love a good bath with my bath bombs and my like beads and like my face mask. I love self-care and pampering. I love to sit and paint my nails while I'm watching Family Guy. Um, I like to have a gummy and then like lay it down, go to sleep. <laughs> so, so there, yeah. So I, I, it's both, you know, I like to spend time with my dog. I like to spend time with my friends. So the, there, those things are self-care. Um, Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. You know, and just being around like people, like good people that you can really just vibe with and you don't have to pretend. Which is a huge dream. Yeah. Huge dream. And you have to do that. Yeah. Um, so I can't end this recording without talking a little bit about the the tangent you went on for several years away from pole dancing, which is the school that you went I love to. that you called it a tangent. <laughs> Was it not? <laughs> no. I mean, when you expanded your life and included other things, however you would, you would prefer me to say it. it. But, you know, that that was another spark that went in a completely different direction, but totally integrates in what you're doing, I'm sure. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because I think it's such an interesting part of your life. Yes. So okay. <laughs> I knew I wanted to go back to school. I just didn't know for what. And I kept sitting on it and I kept sitting on it. And I was like, whatever it is, when it's time, it will be time. So I just left it alone. And um, it actually came from an injury from pole dancing, went to acupuncture, and it helped me in so many ways that I finally asked my acupuncturist. She does like a sports medicine acupuncture, which is trigger point needling. Um, I asked her just like, how did you get into this? Because I'm kind of interested. And she was like, really? And I'm like, I think so. I think this is it because it was either going to be PT, um, or massage therapy or chiropractic. I, I was looking at all of those things, but I knew I wanted to do something with the body. And she was like, okay, well, the school I went to, you know, it's a three-year program. They have open houses. I went to an open house. I was completely hooked. And I was like, I think I want to be an acupuncturist. So went to school for it for three years, uh, graduated last year and have been doing practice um, just out of my home, just because I, I, with, with going to school for all of that time, it, it was a, it was a lot. It's a really hard program. Acupuncture is a lot, but I knew that it aligned with me wanting to treat dancers, treat athletes, treat dancers, treat, treat movers. So that's the thing as I really wanted to be linked with people that move and how to, um, prevent injuries and how to talk to them about injuries and talk to them about how to care for their bodies outside of the sport that they do. Um, and so I just learned so much. I'm such an anatomy nerd. Like I love anatomy. I love muscles. I love tendons, bones, all of the things, kinesiology. I, I sometimes say like I would go back and get another master's just in kinesiology, um, mm. you know, if somebody wants to pay for it because Sally Mae is such an asshole. <laughs> but um, but I uh, – so, yeah, so it's it's been a cool journey just because I've, I've worked with a lot of pole dancers and I probably – after this London retreat, I'll probably really – settle down and like really open, open a practice, um, and start really treating more people. But it's been cool because pole dancers, I've been able to just give them so much of what I've learned 
on just, you know, that. And from that, it's so weird because I started blogging. Like, I am not a writer, but like from being in school <laughs> and from, you know, learning all of these things, I was like, pole dancers get shoulder injuries. I should write about it. And then I had that imposter syndrome of like, who am I to write about this? And then it was like, Elijah, just fucking do it. Just, just write, just write the blog. It's going to be fine. So, I mean, that's one thing I will say is like, just, just do the thing that you, this is the obsessive life giving. It's like, if you're thinking about going back to school, do it. If you want to compete, if you want to do a pole competition, like do it. There's no time like right now to just do it because there's, your life is so short and you don't know where you will be tomorrow. So it's like, instead of living in the fear of like, I'm not good enough or I'm not this, or I'll wait, I'm going to, this is my favorite. I'm going to wait until I get better. What? Like, like shut, shut up, shut up. (laughs) Because you know what I you know what I love about fear is it's it's what's gonna it's showing you what you want the mm-hmm. most. It's like, yes, yeah, and, and you know the unknown is where you find out how strong you are because you're you're stepping into a space that you don't know. You've never been in that space before. I've never I didn't go like I didn't know what acupuncture really was, but I stepped into that space and I was rewarded so much from it that no one can take that away from me. You know, so I really say to people it's just like just go. Just go. Go for it. Be the you that you want to see yourself being, you know? Um yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Life giver. Hashtag. Um, so give us a little bit of uh, a rundown of how we can find you online. Anything else you'd like to plug? Just want to give you some time to do that. And then Sure. Yeah. I'm nice. I'm on the social media, mostly on Instagram. Um Instagram, my personal one is Delijah Amelia, D-A-L-I-J-A-H-A-M-E-L-I-A. My Black Girls Pull is Black Girls Pull, plural girls, it's not just me. Black Girls Pull um, on Instagram, <laughs> on Facebook. It's Black Girls Pull everywhere. So it's www.blackgirlspull. The info at Black Girls Pull is the, G- uh, is the mail. Um, yeah. And then I think that's about it. I, you know, come out with newsletters for BGP. I have blogs every now and then when I feel inspired. I have a podcast called The Black Girl Fit Files, where I highlight amazing women of color in the fitness and wellness industry, kicking ass and taking names. And um, yes. that's been such a fun road. That that was another thing that I was like, Delijah, just do it. Just figure it out. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I I was scared. I was like, no one's going to listen to this. No, Like, no one cares. And people have been writing me from Berlin and from, you know, Kenya and just from places that I never imagined would it, it would reach. Um, yeah. Wow. So it's just been really, really, really rewarding. And I'm so grateful I'm just really grateful for all of those things because I actually cleared my brain of the the mess and just said, "Okay, I'm I'm ready. Whatever it is, whatever it is, God, whatever it is, I'm I'm here for it." So, yeah. That's a beautiful sentiment and um appreciate you for just it's not even just what you do actually. I want to leave you leave everyone with with Delijah, she's just is what she does. It's like there, there's an essence of, um, transparency in in your action and also just who you are. So thank you for being who you are because I'm sure inspires a lot of people. It certainly inspires me. And, um, I hope I have a random run in with you again in the city. 
um, so I can get my booster shot of life. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Thank you so much. And seriously, like you inspire me as well. There are so many times in my dance and you know, I make fun of you like all the time. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I make fun of Tracy all the time. I call her the crazy crystal rock lady. Um, and, but I appreciate you for being fully who you are and unapologetic for that. And so many times when I am training and dancing, I I think about you and I just take a moment to just breathe because your movement is such, it's such breath to me that it's just like, just, just be as Tracy, take the breath and breathe. Like really, I really do. So I appreciate you as an artist, as a friend, as an entrepreneur, and just ever as a crazy crystal rock lady and uh, <laughs> everything that you're doing as well. When you open your practice, I would love to gift you with a nice crystal you can put in your room. I have the one that um, you gave me. It's sitting on my, yes, okay. it's sitting on my windowsill, but I move it sometimes because go. I know that you said it can't just be in the light all the time. See, I listen. So I like, I'll put it on my dresser. And then sometimes when I feel like, like I'll rub it sometimes. And then when I need it to get clean, I put it in the sun. Like I listen, I do it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me today. It was a lot of fun talking to you. And uh, I hope you have a really nice trip. Thank you. I will. I'm excited to go to London. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening and uh, hope you have a nice week. Make some time for movement. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Finding Your Freestyle podcast. To learn more about Finding Your Freestyle, visit our website at www.findingyourfreestyle.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook under Finding Your Freestyle.